0: Read the uh, opening scriptures again. Acts chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. And you know, for the Christian, this should be very familiar verses of scripture. This is where, in the first few chapters of Acts, this is where the church started, where the church began, where the church was born. And so, this should be familiar to Christians when they get saved. Because this is the same path that we should take, is the path laid out for the early church. But verse 2 in Acts 1: unto the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Of course, this is Jesus speaking here, and he gave commandments unto the apostles. And in verse 3, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Uh, so we know this is the fortieth day, and of course Pentecost come on the fiftieth the uh, day. And Jesus, being assembled together with them, commanded them, "...that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence." But even at this point, they didn't have the Holy Spirit, so they didn't really grasp what Jesus was saying... Later, of course, they did, but verse 6 says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. You know, many people today are still asking that same question, not necessarily restore the kingdom to Israel, but when's Christ coming back? Lord, when are you going to reign on this earth? We know that's coming. Uh, when's the rapture, and, and when is this going to happen, and when is that going to happen? They had no problem believing that the kingdom was going to be restored to Israel, just like as Christians today, we have no problem believing that Christ is coming back, but we're a little too concerned with when he's coming back. And what that does in a lot of cases is causes us not to be proactive in doing and following the commands of Jesus. We get stuck on the wind. And that's what they were, uh, they were stuck on the wind. (laughs) God wants us not to worry about the wind and focus on the him, him being the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking, telling them that he's leaving and the Holy Spirit is coming. And they didn't understand that until they received the Holy Spirit. But if we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit, and we should fully understand the scripture, the scriptures that we're reading. It tells them in verse eight, "But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth." The commandment is, once you have the power, use the power. And if we're saved, we have the power. Now, the lesson goals of lesson 10, number one, understand that God gives us the power we need to be witnesses. If we've been saved for a length of time, we shouldn't doubt the fact that God will allow us to, or enable us to witness to people. So if you have any doubt about that, after this lesson, hopefully that's gone. Learn to rely on the Holy Spirit's leading. A lot of times our problem with witnessing is, well, should I, should I do it? And I'm not going to say you should do it every time, but the mere fact that you're thinking about it is a good indication that you should. But you have to rely on the leading of the Holy Spirit and then determine to advance the gospel around the world. And I added two things. Determine not to hold steady. Never get to the point where you say, well, I've done enough. I know far too many Christians that are at that point, uh, they're like getting ready to land in the airport and they're just going around the airport. And they have the airplane, you know, they're waiting for a, a, a landing lane to come in on, a runway to come in on, and they're just circling the airport. And then determined not to impede the gospel. We should live, we should have testimonies certainly uh, that would not impede the gospel. And then as a way of teaching outline, uh, number one, the power you receive. And now the Bible makes it very clear, you, if you're saved, you have this power. A, he enables us with favor. B, he enables us with boldness. C, he enables us with compassion. And then number two, the plan God has set. Now, what we need to determine is once we learn the plan, if we don't know the plan is, what is our plan to follow the plan? A, what makes you a good witness? And B, what hinders your witness? And then three, the place God has chosen. A, serve faithfully where God has called you to be. And B, support those who serve God where you cannot be. Both of these are very, very important to do what we can where we are and then where we can't be, do all we can to make sure somebody is there. So, Sheila and I once went to Niagara Falls. Beautiful, beautiful place. And if you've never been and you've heard stories about it, It, nobody has really actually described it Uh, correctly to you that's one of these things you have to see anybody else here been to Niagara Falls Okay, a few most most have not now then those that have been did you tell anybody that you went to Niagara Falls told a bunch didn't you You, that's something that when you do that you tell people about it because like I said most people had not been so you got plenty of people to tell has anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? I more have it. Moore's been to the Grand Canyon, just barely. The Niagara Falls. Some of you have been to both? Did you tell anybody about it? Told people about it. Has everybody, anybody ever seen the Statue of Liberty? I have not. My wife has. And we're getting a little more commonplace now. Most people, most have seen the Statue. Did you tell anybody? Did you go up there and well, I ain't telling nobody about this. Maybe they won't find it. Oh, you told people, didn't you? Anybody ever been on a cruise? A lot of people did you tell anybody you went? Tell anybody about it? Anybody about it? Anybody in here ever been married? <laughs> did you tell anybody about it? <laughs> I ain't going no further than. Has anybody in here ever been or are, rather, this is not something you've ever been, but you are, either you are or you're aunt, are you a father or a mother? Right? Did you tell anybody? Well all these things to some degree are life changing events. As long as we have our faculties, we will never forget them. Right? I'm never gonna forget Niagara Falls. You're never gonna forget the Grand Canyon, as long as everything's okay up here. It's been over 25 years since we went to Niagara Falls, and from time to time, I still tell people about it. As a Christian, you have one incredible, life-changing experience that you should be ecstatic to share. You've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to say it would be, but I'm going to say it is a shame that if you've been to the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls, on a cruise, whatever, all these things we just mentioned, And we tell people about it, but we're saved and we've never told anybody about Jesus Christ. That's much more important than any of the other things I mentioned. You have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You were once under the bondage of sin, but now you live through freedom in Christ. You were once on your way to an eternity in hell, but now you're on your way to an eternity in heaven. You have received a relationship with Christ and a future home in heaven. Many ladies enjoy going shopping. They'll find a deal. And uh, they're going to tell somebody about it. They say, Listen, there's a whole rack over there. And you go, and that, that's the place you're looking for that. You go get it. Uh, men, we'll be be—we'll have some, find out some tool that saves us some time. and, and But we'll tell people about it. And... Uh, why is it that many people tell others when they have a good deal or when they, when they find something amazing but they don't tell others about Christ? Nothing in this world compares to salvation. There, you'll never tell any bigger story than I got saved. You'll never tell any bigger story than Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and you can be saved. <clears throat> Right before Christ ascended into heaven, his last command to his followers was to testify of what they had experienced. Christ commanded us to be witnesses, and as witnesses to any account, it is important to remember that the greater the experience and the knowledge received, the greater the witness we are, the greater the witness that we can be. You know, a district attorney sometimes, when they're trying to prove their case, uh, they'll call in what they call an expert witness. Usually, you know, they're experts in their field, and then they will explain why uh this uh I can't think of the word at this evidence that the district attorney has, why it proves the district attorney's fact that this person is guilty. Some experts become so good at being a expert witness that they they travel all over the United States being an expert witness. Since nothing compares to the experience of salvation or the knowledge of what Christ has done for us, our witness for Christ should be bold and consistent. We should should become an expert witness. It should be something that we're concerned about doing correctly, doing boldly, and doing consistently. Now, uh, Brother Eddie passed out a paper uh, hold up that paper, Brother Eddie. Did everybody get one of these four sheets of paper with questions on it? If you didn't, you can get one later. Now, I've passed this out before, and some of you, I'm sure, did not get it at that time. It's been a little while. Uh, but I encourage you to write your own story of salvation. You know it. Nobody else knows it like you do. I don't care who else you've told. Nobody knows it like you do. But write it down. Now, I'm not saying that don't be afraid that If you write it down, I'm going to come and grab it from you and tell everybody, okay? One reason you need to write it down is so you can read it. And read it. And read it. And the more that you read it, the more you'll remember about what happened that day. And you'll write something else down. You can read it again, write something else down. I wrote mine years ago, and still every once in a while I think of another fact that God used to get me to Christ. It does us good to help us remember what Christ did for us, is to write it down. Now, it's good to write it down if you want to write it down and, and that, that you could give your testimony to somebody from that. That's wonderful. That's great. As we seek to fulfill the Lord's last command, we should consider three components to our witness. Number one, the power you receive. In the New Testament, there are two Greek words for power. In verse 7 of our text, the word exousia, which, does I say it right, here. Just say it again. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Which means Authority. The end of the verse could read, which the Father hath put in his own authority. It says the Father has put the knowledge of what time he's uh, returning the kingdom to Israel, he's put that in his own power or his own authority. The word power in verse 8 is dunamis. Now we read the English word power for both, but uh, in verse 8 the word is dunamis, the same Greek word that gives us the English word for dynamite. To have a better understanding of what dynamis means, let's look at a few more verses, 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, we think, you, you think of dynamite, you think of a, a destructive power, but it's power in reverse, really. When you think about an atomic bomb, you think about destructive power. But when you think about atomic power, you realize a very strong, powerful source. And God's power is very strong and powerful, stronger than anything else that we know. God's power can calm us when we are in a spiritual storm. His strong power can provide peace. Then in 2 Timothy 3.15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make the wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That word able in the Greek is dunamis, the same word that dynamite comes from. The word dunamis at first is translated as able. It's not just referring to mighty power, but it's also referring to special Enablement. Not only does he give you the power, he gives you the ability to use that power. In our verse today, Acts one eight, could read, but ye shall receive enablement after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Acts one and seven shows us who has the authority to make us witnesses, Jesus Christ. Acts one eight shows us through the Holy Spirit. We are enabled to be witnesses. Let's look at a few ways that the Holy Spirit enables us to witness. He enables us with favor. There are people that you know that you have favor with that I will never have favor with. I know people that I may have favor with that you will never have favor with. And we all have different people like that here. Every one of us, could point to, it might take a while, so we won't do it now, but there's somebody in your life that you have favor with that nobody else in here does. So God is the one that enabled you to have that favor. We may gain favor with neighbors, may gain favor with children, uh, by playing sports with them and stuff. We may gain favor with someone by making them laugh, we may gain favor with somebody by relating childhood stories together. <clears throat> All of these things are a good way to gain favor, but you can multiply that favor when everything you do is done in a Christian attitude. It's good to notice that you have that favor with somebody to use that favor. I didn't say abuse that favor, but to use that favor for the Lord. Anytime time we gain favor with someone, the, the Lord has allowed it. Let's look at the, some uh, illustrations in the Bible about God giving favor to his children. In Genesis thirty nine twenty one, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And if you follow Joseph's, Joseph's life you see, many times where he uh, was downtrodden, many times where he was uh, unfairly treated, but God gave him favor with somebody to bring him out of that. Exodus 11.3, Exodus 11, And the Lord gave people, the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people, if you remember when uh, they were leaving Egypt, God told them to borrow from your neighbors, and they took they, they gave them gold. Uh, when you really realize what the Egyptians give them, you say, well, "What did they give it to them for?" They, there was no gain that they were. The Egyptians weren't gaining anything. They weren't buying anything from Israel, but God gave them favor. And when they had that favor, God enabled them to use that favor to give them all this stuff. And not only did they receive valued stuff from them, Moses uh, received acknowledgement from the people and they were really in awe of Moses because here's a man and he's standing up to Pharaoh. None of us can stand up to Pharaoh, but he stood up to Pharaoh and got away with it. Daniel 1.9 nine. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Remember how Daniel, when he was young, he said, Listen, I I can't eat the king's meat. You just give us that pulse, and we'll eat it. And because he had favor with the prince of the eunuchs, he was allowed to do that because God had allowed him to, to gain that favor. So we see how these people in the Word of God use that favor to carry out the work of God. And that's what God wants us to do. When we have favor with somebody, we don't think, well, I shouldn't take it. Yeah, you should take advantage of it. I didn't say abuse it. I didn't say see what you can get out of them. But what can you give them because you have favor? You shouldn't have favor with somebody and then see what you can get out of them. But if you have favor with somebody, see what you can give them. How much of the Lord can you give them? How much can you tell them about the Lord? And the Holy Spirit takes what you did and makes them realize they need Christ as Savior. Never be proud of yourself and the fact that people like you because you're a good personality or amazing talent. Instead, praise the Lord for giving giving you your personality and talent then use the favor he has given you to be a witness for him. Then use the favor he has given you to be a witness for him. And then he enables us with boldness. As you witness the people with diligence and preparation, the Lord will give you the boldness and insight you need to be effective. Now, he's given us the word of God. So... We're not apostles. So we're not giving things uh inspired. We have the word of God. That's where we get our instruction is from the Word of God. So as they were in Christ's will and they did what God's will and they did what He said, He and He give through inspiration give them the Word of God and give them instructions that they followed them. But our instructions come from that word of God that he give to the apostles. So when they listen to him, then he gives them power. When we listen to the word of God, when we follow the word of God, when we read and study the word of God, then he will enable us, enable us with boldness. There's no doubt that a Christian that is not familiar with the word of God is not bold in testimony of Jesus Christ. But if he is in good knowledge of the Word of God and knows the Word of God, it will give him boldness. You see, we have the ability to get that. And if we don't do our part, then the boldness is not coming. God expects us to do our part. If you follow his leading, he will bring the verses to mind and words to your heart that he wants you to share. It may You may be someone that... I could name any verse in the Bible and I'd say, quote this to me, and you couldn't do it. But if you read the Bible and you familiarize yourself with the Bible, you still might not be able to do that, but when you're witnessing to somebody, it'll just come out. It'll just come out. You say, where'd that come from? You try to do it the next day and you couldn't do it for nothing. that right, Brother Bart. As you rely fully on Him... You will be amazed to see how he can use you in spite of any weaknesses you may have. Everyone in here has strengths that others don't have, and everyone in here has weaknesses that others don't have, and God will use both of them to enable you to witness for him. The Lord will also enable you with boldness and courage to approach people to whom you may not typically feel comfortable speaking so that you can Witness to them. I know that there were some when, uh, before we had the Spanish church, they weren't 100% sure about that. And they just didn't know how that was going to work out. But when Brother Jose and Miss Arlene came, and they followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit and they're doing what they're supposed to do, and they do that with love and compassion, then it wins everybody over. Same thing with you. When you're doing what you're supposed to do, you will win people over. You will win people's favor. And in C, he enables us with compassion. It is impossible to be a good witness to any group of people that you do not First love. I remember a Hispanic young. Well, he was young, much younger than me. uh, Well, fifteen years or so, and it's been been a while. But he told me this, and I I didn't know this. Don't even know if he's correct. I'm just saying what he said. Now he's Hispanic. He said there's five groups of Hispanics. Don't know where that come from. What he meant by it exactly. And he named, I think he named them all, but he did name one. And he said, I wouldn't spit on them if they was on fire. Now, he was, he was fine with us. He was fine with the rest of Hispanics. But he didn't like that group. You got anybody like that in your heart, you're not going to be a good witness to them. If you just got a little bit of that in your heart, you're not going to be a good witness to them. If you struggle with having a love for others, particularly those who are unsaved, ask the Lord to place his love for them in your heart. God can give you that love that you need in your heart to be a witness. Jesus loved all of us enough to die for them. Those people, that group of people that you may have trouble getting along with, Christ died for them just as much as he died for you and me and everyone in here. Pray that the Lord will give us compassionate and loving hearts toward the lost. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for your many blessings, Lord. Lord, help us to be better witnesses for you. And, Lord, I don't care who's in here, Lord. We could all be better witnesses for you. And, Lord, we'll all... Uh, Come just a little bit short of that, but Lord, help us to do the best that we can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.